and welcome to Film Festival Reviews. This is Christina Kotlar. I've been doing this for a very long time, and I have to tell you that spring film festivals are one of my favorite times of the year to go and be able to enjoy the film festival and where it's being held. Tribeca Film Festival is one of my favorites because it is synonymous with New York. And while I'm truly a real Jersey girl, the city that never sleeps kept me awake and had me moving from early morning for the press and industry screenings to daytime events, evening screenings. I mean, things were happening at the Hub, VR, I was connecting with filmmakers, and I had this desire to catch up with the film industry, which in New York is a $9 billion industry. And the people coming to the festival love New York. They are the New Yorkers that support it. They have a great time getting in with their friends, going in on tickets and passes for the week. I met so many people and heard the reasons why they were on rush lines because the films that they wanted to see online, it says it was sold out. But I always tell them, there's always a parking spot. There's always a seat available. Whenever there's a seat that says reserved and it's empty and you know no one else is coming in, that's where I put myself into that seat and watch a great film. So this all comes at a time when, you know, kind of was like moving from Clifton, New Jersey. Yuri Turchin and I made the big move to Montague, New Jersey, which is in the tri-corner state area of New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, along the Delaware River. Really beautiful place. We love rush hour here because one car goes by, or you can make a left-hand turn without you know, waiting there for hours. The other thing that I really appreciated and was very happy about was across the river in Milford, Pennsylvania, is the Black Bear Film Festival. I always wanted to have a film festival I could call home, and I really think, I really believe this is the one. In any case, I was invited to join the board of directors for Black Bear Film Festival, and they asked me to be their programming director this year. I'm very excited about this. It's coming up in October, October 18th to the 20th. And so one of my missions going into New York is to see if I could find some good films for this festival. One of the films that I was reading about and I was just very excited to go see is called Dog Doc. This film, Dog Doc, documentary directed by Cindy Meal, who in 2011 directed Buck, the Horse Whisperer, and it had a very successful round of film festivals starting in Sundance and coming around throughout, and now you, you can watch it on Netflix, I'm sure. So Dog Doc, they decided to have the world premiere in New York. Of course, a place where there's so many dogs and people who love their animals, and I don't know how they do it, but I'm sure in the crowd, I was in the audience, packed house, they introduced the film, and there you have it. It was a wonderful, wonderful world premiere. And I had the opportunity to speak with Cindy, and Dr. Marty the day after. So take a little time, listen into our conversation, and I will get back to you afterwards. What
what took you so long? <laughs> I mean, I, I walk mean, that's in, nice after 30 years. I, I walk here in New York quite a bit, and I see so many people with dogs. Mm-hmm. All kinds of dogs. They have dog parks, they have yappy hour, they have all these things going on. And, and as you came up with the film, what took you so long? <laughs> well, one word would be resistance. This was a vision I had when I turned my own health around in the late 70s. And I, that someday I would make a major impact on the profession of veterinary medicine and healthcare for animals. And I didn't think it was going to take me 45 years. But you know, resistance is, is a big reason why it took so long. Because I was threatened, my license was threatened, I was ridiculed. And it was, it was difficult because I was also on the borderline of doing alternative therapy on a pet, that pet dies, I lose my license because I'm not using standardized medicine. So there were times that I was almost in hiding from my conventional profession, just knowing what I was doing was right. But if, God forbid, one animal died and veterinarians have patients die every single day, they're okay because they use standardized medicine, I would be disciplinary action against me because I wasn't using standardized care. So fear and resistance. You know, I understand that because my sister's a chiropractor. Uh-huh. And she became a chiropractor in the 1980s. When she uh-huh. was totally the same thing. It was so such resistance against you, that idea. You see how it works. Uh-huh. You've seen it. And you experienced it with Dr. Marty. Yes. Yeah, many years. Many years. So what took you so long? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I only made my first film in 2011. I loved it. Oh, by thank the way. you. Thank you. Fuck. And, oh, and honestly, too. this was the when people said, "What are you going to do next?" And I thought, well, the only other thing that I would really want to make a film about would be Marty and this clinic, and to teach people that. Because, like, to me, if I don't really know it and understand it, I'm not going to direct it. I've been involved with lots of films, but for me to really be in the trenches and direct and know what I'm trying to say, you know, or trying to to show people, um, I had to live it. And I had done that with Bach and horses, and and I had, you know, spent so many years at that clinic. He's taken me through quite a few dogs. What um, prompted you to choose the characters that you did? Because, of course, we were following three dogs, primarily. Right. And uh, there must have been like hundreds of choices. So what what made you choose these three particular dogs? Because, you know, in the first five minutes, you had everybody crying. <laughs> the tears were coming really? down. I couldn't see. I was in the back. Oh, no. The way that we chose, I mean, it was very difficult because you really are just at the clinic with the whole crew. I mean, this is very emotional. People aren't, I mean, some people are coming there with puppies yeah. And they're healthy, and it's just a great visit, right? But then there's so many people coming in, and they have a dog with a problem. And as a pet owner, I know how emotional that is. And so it was very emotional every day. I mean, we would we had such great respect for these doctors because my crew, after filming, you know, appointment after appointment through a day, we were so wiped out, and we realized the stress. Like you see, just a few animals here but they do this one after the next and you start to comprehend and a lot of these at this clinic are pretty serious cases because people have already tried conventional and they say, oh, go try this doctor, which is how I found him. But 
And we're working on five to ten at once at the same time. Yes. Yeah. They're picking one. We have three others. Yeah. Four dogs on intravenous over here, a cat on oxygen over here, four appointments going with terminal animals that are going to be admitted. And we filmed a lot of that, but we had to kind of, we really were looking for stories where we started at the beginning as much as we could and were able to follow these animals. So we did film a lot of animals, but to have complete stories that could really explain alternative combined with conventional medicine, there, you know, some of them were kind of more conventional cases and some of them were really just alternative, but we wanted to show that how they worked to make this combination of of alternative and conventional, which is what integrative medicine is. It's both. Yep. Yeah, I really got that, and it was brilliant, the way to do it. It's just, you know, getting it out there now, what took you so long, you know? <laughs> I found your webinar. It was fascinating, and it was really wonderful how you're talking about the nutrition and what was in there and what you have to uh, treat your pet the way you would treat yourself and the way you were talking about you know, the doctor said, oh, you, you know, you're getting older and you're 26. <laughs> and well, yeah, my question to him was I had chronic bursitis in my left shoulder. And when he blamed it on age, I looked at him and I said, well, what about my right shoulder? Could it come out of the birth canal five seconds later? Is it, is, you know, is it younger? Why? It didn't make sense. And then his wife died of lung cancer at the age of 36 under his care. And I went on a, a dietary change. My arthritis went away. I was always overweight. I lost weight. And that's when the bell went off. Uh-oh, there's something wrong. And that was way back in the 70s. And it's taken a long time. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a really American thing, how much they're devoted to their animals and to their pets. Or do you think it's... I don't think it's just American. I'm going to mm -hmm. disagree with you there because I know people in England and yeah, Germany and over. France and... Japan and these people definitely love their pets just as much. They're definitely, they're, I mean, in France, they bring them to the dinner table at restaurants, you know. But so. the healthcare in, in Europe is so, it's not more advanced than ours, it's just so much more effective because it's true healthcare. Right, and they're, they're not going through these chemicals that are being right. put into the foods. And you're right about the label. Oh, the labels! You can't even read them. They're like this, you know, tiny right. point size. Mm -hmm. I bring a magnifying glass with me, and I have glasses that I wear, mm -hmm. you know, to read the labels. But afterwards, I found that it changed my cat's behavior. And she Imagine just turned that. 15. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks. I think the education that you're bringing to patients and the patients' owners are really beneficial to them. And we saw that in the film. That's what it's about. Yeah, good nutrition is where it starts. And also the training of new veterinarians. Yeah. Did you know that through Dr. Maggie, mm -hmm. uh, who is the, she was the director of LSU, the student that we interviewed at the end, that you have me, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. she is doing an internship this summer it's really? it just got set up this week. You're kidding. Yeah. 
Dr. Maggie contacted him. That girl that there, he was talking there to. There it is. This is, you know, here again, we didn't plan there any of that. Is. That's how it happened. I was hoping that was going to happen because I did see, she said, she, I'm brand new here. She came up to you. She was talking to you. And I said, I really hope this person is going to take the next step and, yeah. and move towards that. So do you think this will help really change some of the programming in the schools? I don't think it'll change it. I think it will bring... Alternative medicine shouldn't change conventional medicine. It should be added to it. So we shouldn't change conventional medicine and the way it's taught at Cornell. We should start introducing courses on alternatives, courses on nutrition, courses on acupuncture. Well, why would there be such a resistance to it when people are understanding that? <laughs> I, I have something to say, and it might be off the record, but you can tell me what you think. But. But as long as the pharmaceutical companies are funding the universities, universities are preaching that this drug will do this, this drug will do that, and they're really wanting them to use the pharmaceutical drugs. And so that's, it is, they are dyed in the wool. When you go to school, you come out thinking, this drug does that, this drug does that. Yeah. They don't it's even teach nutrition. They don't teach a lot of these other things that you could use instead of that drug. There's no discussion of that. So, you know, it's who's paying for this no, education. Is that in the old days, we used to get toasters. Professionally subsidized by the drug companies and the, yeah. and the food companies. So, congratulations on having the world premiere here in New York. Yeah. You know, I think you really had people excited about it. Of course, you had a lot of people that have been working on the film in the audience, and that was wonderful to bring them all up there because you are such a team, and I think that film really brought that out. Oh, yeah. It, was, it just, was a team effort, for sure. Oh, it had to be. It has to be. Because how else can you go through this? I mean, you do it with humor, and uh, I, I love you that part, to. too. You have to. Right? By my age, most veterinarians are fed up. They're not happy people. It's just a job. And if you, if you let the seriousness of what you do every day get to you, you'll fail. So it's not like we laugh it off. No. But you have to keep it light. You must or else you'll fail. And the animals pick up on it more than people do. Well, that's what I, that was my next question. How do they know? And they do know. I know, but... How can they, and they look at you, and that's when, you know, the tears come down because you see the, the look in their eyes, you know, because how else are they going to ask for help? They're I the just got ones. an email on a study last week where dogs can detect lung cancer in a blood sample with 97% accuracy in humans. I didn't send it to you. I haven't read it yet. Oh, my goodness. No, no. They know. They, they know. They know. But one thing I learned from Marty... And this is what I try to convey to other people. And he really, from the day I met him, you, you taught me this. And he was like, you have to, if you think this dog is failing, you know, if you, if you come in with doom and gloom, like the dog is picking up on what you're sending out. And so you need to change your attitude and have some hope. And I, I can't explain it, but it's like when you kind of think... You know, because they're picking up, they're so sensitive, they're picking up on your energy. So if you're just like, oh my God, I'm devastated, you're dying, it kind of brings them down. And so their immune system yep. is also going to have a hard time. And I, t 
told that to one of the patients that we were filming one time because she was so upset and her dog was so sick and, and had vertigo and all this stuff. And I said, you know, you need to change your attitude a little bit. Like when the dog is coming in, just think it's a really positive thing. And she said, when she got there, it was amazing. I never told you the story. She said, you know, I did what you said and the dog got up and stuck its head out the window for the first time in like a year. Like this dog has been so sick and, and I just thought I'm gonna change my attitude and be positive around the dog and the dog perked up. She said, and we hadn't even seen the vet yet. I said, I'm telling you it works, I don't know why. But Marty Goldstein did teach me that. It's about your energy around your dog is important. This is a really such a positive movie. It has such a positive message. And what else would you like people to take away after they see this movie, after they see your film? Awareness, common sense, and a shift in consciousness. So much of it is common sense. Right. Now we're not, when you go through medical school, it's literally a quote-unquote brainwashing because you're studying textbooks and Latin terms of drugs and muscles and bones that big so you can pass the exams and you get tunnel vision on how to be right as a doctor and pass the exam and this and that and you go this way and you don't you know one of my wake-up calls after I reversed my own health issues with proper diet was like, why did they create pet food to be the way it was? If, if you actually, if the pet food industry was created by scientists that studied the way dogs and cats would eat in nature, they would have never created pet food as I was learned to feed. It was just common sense. So that's what they have to learn, is that why does the body create an illness or an inflammation? Because of a drug deficiency? So it's just a wake-up call. <laughs> That's, a that fever is, is not an aspirin deficiency. It has a purpose. Nature creates a disease. The suppression of what nature does by chemicals is what I term cancer. Because you, you introvert the immune system, you suppress it so much from what it's trying to do that it finally fails and normal cells grow haywire. Cancer doesn't attack the body. It's grown by the body because the immune system's not working. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Health is not rocket science. And the other thing that I have really learned at this clinic is that every dog's an individual. You know, it's not one size fits all. It's not like, oh, this is this case, we're going to treat it like this. And you know your animal. And people know their animals more than anything. And I think you have to look at each animal as an individual and use your brain because you know your dog. You know if they don't feel good. You know if something's not working. If your doctor is putting you on something and your dog is worse, you need to speak up. Like, don't just blindly follow anything that somebody tells you. Like, realize that you know this dog more than anybody or this cat and that you have to use your common so sense. True. And if somebody is, if your animal is continually sick on a certain protocol, you either should change the doctor or change you know, the diet change something <laughs> right. in this animal because because animals you know they live in bliss they want to be healthy they're not putting anything on so that they don't have to go to work tomorrow they they want to be happy all the time and play and, and it's just it's people i think of yeah. they're so blindly follow what anybody tells them to do 
that their common sense goes out the window. And I, I just want people to start really being aware of their animal. Are they really healthy? Is their coat shiny? Do they smell? If your dog smells, you need to change the diet. I'm going to tell you right now. Because yeah. any dog I've ever had from a kennel that I'm adopting, it comes to me smelly and a rough coat. It looks terrible. And even now, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know if I'll ever fix this coat. Well, within a month, that dog does not smell. His coat is shiny. I can't tell you what you can turn around just with diet. And people need to just start paying attention. And if their dog has skin problems or something, change their diet, change your doctor, whatever it takes. But don't just think that's status quo. A dog should not smell. I think that's a great message. Uh, I really appreciate so much what you are doing. Because love. Thank you so much, you oh, know, here being with you, Dr. Marty, Dr. Marty Goldstein, Cindy Neal. Thank you so much for all pleasure. your good work, and I'd love to invite you to the Black Bear Film Festival. I'm the program director there, Where's and it's October. It's Milford, Pennsylvania. It's right in the, the corner of Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey, High Point. Mm-hmm. And there's it's beautiful horse farms, mm-hmm. and it's along the Delaware River. People Ooh. there love their animals, but it's a three-day festival, and it's also the birthplace of the conservation movement. So Ooh, it's very nice, wow, you know, and you'd so be treated nice. very well, I oh, promise. Yeah. Okay. So it would be like a little vacation. Uh, oh, yeah. you, know, you need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, is this a podcast? Is this a... Yes, I, I do podcasts called Film Festival Reviews. So I go to film festivals and talk about, you know, how to have a great time at a film so festival. Is there somewhere that people can uh, connect to to find out more about what you're, what you're doing? Oh, I mean with... Yeah, with your film and what you're doing, Dr. Oh, yeah. Marty, and um, yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, we have a say. Facebook following. Okay. Um, the dog, well, what is it called? Dog, 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 dog. film. I think is the way that it's it's you can yeah. find that's it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. It's going to be the campaign yeah. to get the word out. And the teaser's on there, so you can watch the teaser, and there will be I did. a trailer, yeah, trailer I did. someday, too, yeah. and we have a distributor. So, so we are Wonderful. very yeah. excited Pleasure. about getting this out to the entire world. I mean, there's mm-hmm. 900 million dogs in the world, <laughs> and hopefully most of those are with really good dog parents and yeah. cat parents, too. We need a wake-up call. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I loved our conversation on that Monday after their premiere. The next day, I was in early again to watch morning screenings, and I came up to this young man whose dog had a shaved patch. And I asked him, you know, what was wrong with his dog? He said he had cancer and that they were trying to keep him comfortable. He was like a really nice-looking dog. And I said, you know what? You have to check out this dog doc. And I explained what I had seen and heard. And looking into his dog's eyes, I could see his tail going wagging with enthusiasm. And I said out loud, this dog still wants to live. I hope you have an opportunity to check this out, find out more about Dr. Marty. And you know what? I hope it works out for them. And I think that's what's the important thing about this documentary. And it has a way of spreading the word to so many owners whose pet might have a second chance for a longer and better quality of life. Finally, I will have more about the Tribeca Film Festival on my website.
That's filmfestivalreviews.com. And coming up is the Cannes Film Festival in France. I was there twice, and I have seen the do's and don'ts of getting the best out of this particular film festival. Too many filmmakers do not have a strategy when their short films are accepted, and they think it's a big party and somebody's just going to pop in and, and pick up their, their short film. So I'm going to have put up some past postings and make it available on my website. It really has some very good insights, and I think, I believe they still hold true in what's going on out there. So keeping an eye out for other films for Black Bear Film Festival, it's a new environment for a real Jersey girl like me, and I'm looking forward to it, so there's always going to be more to come. So stay tuned. (laughs) 